0: Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, thanks for joining us for Market View on Your Money. Now, let's get you up to speed with what's happening in the markets. It's pretty much a down day for this Friday. And this is with Asian markets underwater right now. Let's start with Australia. Lower by 0.6%, Japanese markets down 0.2%, and Korean markets are lower by 0.3%. So, a negative start so far this morning, and this pretty much tracks the action overnight on Wall Street. A negative handover as well, where we had US stocks finishing lower for a second day. So, they had a choppy session erasing their earlier gains, and that was due to a strong start to the third quarter earnings season. But those rising treasury yields dragged them down lower. We'll get into those numbers in just a bit. First, the headline numbers. We've got the S&P 500 down 0.8% at 3,666. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 90 points or 0.3% to 30,334. And the Nasdaq Composite down 0.6% at 10,614. But all three indexes, despite those losses, are on track for their best week in more than a month. So far, the Dow is up 3.6%, the S&P 500 in the green by 3.8%. And the Nasdaq Composite has risen this week. So back to those treasury yields. Amid the concerns about an economic slowdown, we are seeing those yields ticking up. The 10-year yield now passed above 4.2%, adding 10 basis points overnight to their highest levels since July 2008. So that's knocking back equities. Among those which were knocked back, the likes of Tesla, lower by 6.7% after electric vehicle maker Said it expects to miss is the de- deliveries targets this year. The company also posted a quarterly revenue that missed endless expectations. And a big one investors were focusing on was Snap, the social media company. Its share price plunged more than 25% after a miss in its third quarter revenue. So inflation hurt ad spending. So let's unpack it with Dan who's with me helping to run the show for your money in Michelle Martin's absence. Hey, then, good morning. what can you tell us about
1: Snap? So overnight Snap, as you've mentioned, they've plunged more than 27% in extended trading session after the social media company reported weaker than expected revenue for the third quarter. Now, the third quarter sales increased 6% to $1.13 billion, but that's still shy of analyst average of $1.14 mm. billion. And this also marks the first time that it's dipped into the single digits since the company went public in 2017. Now, the net loss surged about 400% to $360 million, and this is partly due to a $155 million restructuring change. And this was announced back in August, if you remember, that Snap said it was cutting 20% of its workforce and slashing projects that do not contribute to user or revenue growth. The company says that advertising partners across many industries are also decreasing their marketing budgets, especially in the face of operating environmental headwinds, inflation-driven cost pressures, and rising costs of capital. And to add on to this, you know, Apple's new rules as well that requires all apps to get smartphone users' permission to be tracked online, they've also made it quite difficult for advertisers to measure and manage their ad campaigns. On the bright side, daily active users actually increased 19% or 57 million year-over-year, showing that the company is still able to attract people to the service despite the struggles on the business side. What do you make of this, you know?
0: Yeah, Dan, I'm just looking at numbers, right? So if you look at revenue, you pointed out $1.13 billion. That is an increase of 6%. So it is going up, but not as much as what some of the analysts were actually pricing in, $1.14. And you pointed out as well the revenue growth, it's going to be the first time in single digits. That is the slowest growth since it got listed. So it is painting a picture that things are slowing down and it is cutting back on staff, cutting back on expenses. And it's, I think, reflective of what's playing out in many other social media companies as well. The likes of Twitter, for example. Elon Musk has come out to say he is, or rather reportedly, going to be planning staff cuts to the tune of 75% of Twitter, which will amount to almost 4,000 plus people. And you have other companies in recent times talking about cutting back on costs and expenses. So that is all amidst the warnings that we've been hearing about. A slowdown, recession around the corner, and people cutting back on budgets. So that is, I think, hurting the tech company sector much more than others, especially with rising interest rates as well. Startups are struggling to raise capital. So that is likely to continue to be the main headwinds to watch out for as we watch out for the earnings that will be reported next week. Alphabet on Tuesday and Meta on Wednesday. In fact, it's going to be a blockbuster week for earnings. 165 S&P 500 companies will be reporting next week. That's going to be up from 66 this week.
1: Do you use Snapchat, by the way, Ryan?
0: No, at least not anymore. So (laughs) I think that's also part of the reason people move on very fast from trends, right? Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Snap, it's got this Snapchat app which allows your messages to disappear. And you can time it. If you don't want your... Pictures, whatever pictures you're sending to someone else to not be on your phones, it will disappear. So there was a selling point back then. It was very popular. They even came up with some goggles to you know, leverage their brand. But it really did not last very long. And
1: I think people have moved on to things like TikTok right now. Are yeah, you that's a big thing. Yeah, I am. And I I try to avoid it because the next thing I know, I'll be spending three, four hours on the the application.
0: Yeah, that's how addictive uh, these things can be.
1: And I think
0: it's going to be interesting to see how long this TikTok trend can last for. Uh, I think we had friends there before. We thought that was a big thing. And then, oh, okay, not there anymore. MySpace was big as well. Uh, Facebook has managed to outlast many of them. Of course, it's quite hard to imagine life without Facebook these days. So that's also going to be interesting an interesting space to watch to see how
1: these uh, social media giants continue to keep users att- engaged. That's right. And also, against this backdrop, right? We've been talking about companies acting on stock buybacks. So, SnapBots actually also authorized a stock buyback of up to $500 million. And they are last traded at $7.87. Hmm.
0: Let's talk about what's happening elsewhere, which is the UK. We've had lots of drama there. Uh, and of course, if you've been following the news, this trust is now out of the picture. She is now ex-Prime Minister. So she is now caretaker until someone else is appointed. And that will be sometime on Monday. So the process is going to involve pretty much the party members in the Conservatives trying to nominate someone. So they've raised the bar so that any candidate needs 100 Tory lawmakers to be behind the ballot. So there are about 300 plus Tory lawmakers. And that means at most three candidates. And of course, they will try to whittle it down to two. So what's on the radar for you then when it comes to the UK politics and what's playing out on the front?
1: Well, for now, you know, I guess based on what she's been rolling out, the reversal and the U-turn that we've been facing so far, you know, obviously the investors haven't been reacting very well with it. And in fact, you know, after she announced her resignation, Hmm. the pound, they paired some of its gains and capping some, you know, weeks of speculations that she would not be able to remain in a post. But technically speaking, right, in theory, trust was supposed to be protected from a leadership challenge for a year under existing Conservative Party rules. But if enough MPs came out against her, the chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady, he would be under huge pressure to change the rules to allow a confidence vote. She's been under a lot of pressure
0: and it was not an easy job to take on. She was facing rising borrowing costs, energy bills were going up, high taxes, and it was going to be a task force to get the UK economy out of that hole that has been dug. So... After 45 days, it was time to go. She loses out to the lettuce. So, there's been something in the background that competition of sorts being hosted by the Daily Star there's a lettuce camp. They were betting that the lettuce with a shelf life of 10 days would outlast trust and that competition uh, was um, 7 days in. So, with 3 days to spare, the lettuce has won and the question is, who will
1: be next? And you have a couple of uh, front runners. Yeah, it's not like we can ever end this drama, right? Boris Johnson is perhaps he's making a comeback. Perhaps, I mean, perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps, yes. We got to make the disclaimer. We, if you recall from his, his last question time in parliament on July 20th of this year, he declared hasta la vista, baby, mm. right? And he dropped a heavy hint that he had unfinished business. In fact, on Twitter, some conservatives were trying to make the hashtag bring Boris back, go viral Yesterday, after trust announced her resignation.
0: So he does have his supporters, but of course, it's going to be up to
1: Boris Johnson to throw
0: his hat into the ring. He has not officially done it. He has also not officially ruled himself out yet. Uh, Talking about ruling themselves out, Jeremy Hunt, the finance minister, quite a popular guy. Uh, He has been in speculation as a possible candidate, but he has ruled himself out. Other front runners, we've got Rishi Sunak, who was the runner-up to this trust. And interestingly, he did not get the vote to be Prime Minister, probably because of his push for more prudent policies, more financial prudent, prudent financial policies. And of course, back then, he was the Finance Minister. So it's now back to actually square one, where now they are where Rishi Sunak was proposing having more prudent financial policies, which Jeremy Hunt uh, pretty much has reversed course from Kwasi Kwarteng. So it is interesting to see how Things have played out. Maybe Rishi Sunak is now going to be more welcome now that this uh, state of affairs is in play. You also have Penny Mordaunt, who is the leader of the Commons. He also enjoyed a good showing in a recent leadership contest, so he could also be in the running. So lots of twists and turns when it comes to what's playing out in the UK. And on the market reaction front, you did point out there was a bit of um, movement in the pound, but... When you look at the headlines, right, the UK Prime Minister resigning, you might imagine that chaos would enter the markets, but it did not happen because financial markets, to some extent, already priced it in. This was almost a train crash that a lot of people were watching out for and we saw perhaps many of these big issues already resolved when Kwasi Kwarteng, the former uh, finance minister, announced that unfunded tax cut In the mini-budget, we already had that big reaction in the bond market. That seems to have resolved itself for now with the Bank of England intervening. And it has now come to pass without much drama. So it seems like markets have digested what seems to be the worst of it. So in terms of market reaction, we did not see see the pound collapsing. And that seems to be, well, for now, England keeping
1: calm and moving on. (laughs) We, they, I mean, they seem to take a lot of direction, you know, on whether investors are approving of the Prime Minister based on the movement of the pounds, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's been going back and forth. Uh, if you look at the pound, it's been quite badly pounded in the past year. <laughs> down nearly... 18% against the greenback. And of course, the greenback has been gaining across pretty much everyone uh, with those rate hikes that's been supporting the dollar. Uh, if you look at the dollar index, it's up over 20%. And just for some comparison, the Sing dollar, uh, rather resilient, uh, has just lost 5% to the greenback. And this, of course, with the view that the MAS has also been tightening policy, so it's been buffering against the strength of the dollar. It's now at 1.42, and where we are now for the pound versus dollar is at 1.12. And look at currencies that could be under pressure and have has been under pressure, the Japanese yen, that's going to be one to watch out for, is now broken past 150. That was the key level many traders are watching out for to see if the Japanese authorities would be intervening and it looks like um, investors and traders will be on their toes to see if that will actually happen because it is now at its weakest levels in more than 32 years and it has weakened more than 30% 30% against the greenback.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Ryan, for the market analysis. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please
0: consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.